0: I'm all puffed out, Guru. I'm on a long run, and I've been to Queen's Park and back. This is my new course. I'm trying to break my personal best. I'm in competition with myself, I suppose. That is very good, you know. Keep it up. <laughs> Might say the Guru, you know. Um, yes, they're very good. Uh, yeah, I, I I would like to be a guru, but I know not how. Oh, well, you know, uh, I am very encouraging. You know, well, thank you, guru. Um, I, I think I could beat you in a race, though. I, I don't think I can beat you being a guru, but I think I, I think I can beat you in a race. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's meet here tomorrow. You know, shorts, t-shirts. F- wear a footy jumper if you want. Um, yeah, and uh, and. Uh, socks and runners. Let's go, Guru. Yeah. Oh no no! Competition is you know at the at the heart of all evil. Yeah. I don't even know if the Guru says that, you know. But anyway, uh, you we should we I would prefer to just sit in the lotus position and talk to you rather than compete with you. Oh, oh, oh. all right. Bit boring, but yeah. okay. Ah, uh, uh, Guru. Uh, yes, Charlie. um, you know, the fact that I uh, was trying to compete then, I'm, so, I'm very sorry. Yeah. No, that is okay, Charlie. I am very encouraging. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, you know, as I reflect upon that, I feel that you're more humble than me. Well, you know, this is true. Aha! Gotcha, Guru! <laughs> One to me. Let's go! This episode is about Sudguru, or Sadguru, or Sadguru, who is an Indian guru. He's the latest and the greatest of them all. Huh? And I, I, I've seen a photo of him, and he looks good, you know, he looks like a celebrity guru. Uh, wow. Well, it's very important for a guru to look like a guru. You know, and I, often this is the case, that you need to look right. Um, you know, for example, if you're zen, you know, nobody's going to take you seriously if you're just dressed like everyone else. Like if I'm, if I'm wearing a suit. You know, if I happen to be really zen, you know, which I am. <laughs> you don't have to believe that, but I am. Um, and I'm in the city, you know, because I work you know, in, the, uh, in the city and all over the place. And I tend to wear a suit uh, if I have to see anybody anyway, and, um, and I look just like all those other blokes (laughs) in the city, you know, marching off to their offices, actually, this reminds me of that song, Mr. Bobolino, Mr. Bob, Bob Dobolino, do you remember that song from the old days? Um, Mr. Bobolino, Mr. Bob Dobolino.
1: Yo man, I don't think they heard you. Won't you tell them what your name is? Mr. Doublina, Mr. Bob Doubleina. Mr. Doubleina, Mr. Bob Doubleina, Mr. Doubleina, Mr. Bob Double, Mr. Mr. Doubleina,
2: Mr. Bob Double, Mr. Doubleina, Mr. Bob Double, Mr. Double Mr. Bob Doubles. Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, want to quit? You really make me sick with your fraudulent behavior. You're going to make me sipping, then an army couldn't save you. Why don't you behave, your little rug rat? Take a little tip from the tabloid. Because I know I'm not paranoid when I say I saw you trying to mock me. Now you and your crew are on the mission trying to hawk me. But it isn't happening, Your fraudulent foes.
0: You used to front big time, now I suppose. that everything's cool since the style of apparel you adopted. You used to make fun of, but now you want to rock Hey, I spliced that in just now to give this video. Sorry, what is this? A podcast? To give this podcast a little bit of a kick along, uh, and what I was watching on my laptop as it played wasn't the video that I remember. I remember a video with all these blokes in suits, you know, and then a whole lot of American African American rappers singing. Uh, over to one side you know so it was it was half and half it was um, african american singers you know gang gang type kids or whatever saying you know and the whole idea was um you know we look like this you know and we live on the streets and we're urban and all that sort of stuff and um and then there were a whole lot of blokes in suits who they were satirizing and um you know marching pink floyd style yeah, like puppets, brainless puppets, you know, um I remember that video clip, but and the video clip I just watched now looked a bit nastier, so were well, there two video clips you know see, I'm confused now um, but um and the words I was listening to just now seemed nastier too, but then again, I'm not sure that I ever listened to the lyrics. Yeah, sometimes you have these songs on in the car. Um, I hate rap, you know, but I I actually did like that one. (laughs) Um, And um, I actually did like that one, you know, back when it came out. And I saw the video, you know, much, much more recently, you know, 20 years after the song came out. um, And the video I saw was in Hungry Jack's, down near Flemington, and, uh, I said, oh, is that the video, you know, and it had all these African-American sort of hood guys, um, you know, poking fun at blokes that look like me, <laughs> quite frankly, um, but, um, and, that, and that's okay, you know, uh, but even as I watched that video, by the way, in Hungry Jacks in Flemington, um, even though they were, though they were trying to make the blokes in, so the men in suits, they're all males, you know, on that occasion, um, even though they were trying to make them look like straights, you know, they they were trying to make the men in suits look um, stupid, you know, stupid. Um, and, you know, they were trying to make themselves look cool. Even then, I identified with the blokes in suits. And I was thinking, jeez, you know, if I had to live uh, the part... Of one of those kids, those urban kids, you know, down by their 44 gallon drums, you know, singing Mr. Dobellino, Mr. See, I've got the words now. Um, you know, one of those guys and doing their little hand gestures, their little gang gestures and all that sort of stuff. Or I had to be one of those suits. Even if they looked as stupid, even if I did look as stupid as those suits in that video, I'd rather, I'd choose to be with the suits. Yeah, you know, I don't, you know, because you know that's the way we are. You know, I'm not comfortable with all that urban stuff. You know, I'm comfortable with those blokes in suits. You know, and uh, and I happen to know too. You know that um, it's 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 uh, living like those guys in the suits is not actually anything like the way that video was um, making it out to be. You know, you, more often you're in a nice bar. Um, meeting someone for lunch and it's really comfortable and there's just this lovely breeze of air conditioning coming through if it's a warm day and all that sort of stuff and you get a nice latte. It's actually a really great life, you know. Um, much better than standing by a 44-gallon drum singing Mr Dobbley or Mr Dobberlino and getting angry. <laughs> yeah. But just then, um, just then, uh, I saw a video clip of that song that was a different video clip than the one I saw in Hungry Jack's Down in Flemington that time. And it's a much angrier one and they're, you know, the way they do that sort of, um, you know, that hippie hoppy, uh, hip hop sort of dancing and they're all angry and all that sort of stuff. They've got a good reason to be angry. You know, that's not what this episode's about, though. This episode's about Siguru. Haha. wait. I think I just figured it out. Uh, Just now, I watched only the first 30 seconds of the clip. The bit I saw in Hungry Jacks was the tail end of the clip. So if I had Oh yeah, of course, if I had of just kept watching the clip then I uh I might have seen the bit with the blokes in suits, you know, being parodied. Uh oh no well, you know, it's incidental for the purposes of this episode. But There might be one clip after all, Uh, yeah. So, I've forgotten what I was talking about. Um, No, I forget. Oh, oh, uh, yes, I remember now, but uh, just before I talk about that, um, this is other thing, you know, I just had another crazy thought. (laughs) And it's that, you know, it is just possible. That song wasn't written for me. You know, to, it wasn't written to appeal to me, you know, so it doesn't really matter what I think of it. <laughs> That's a crazy thought, I right know, you know. Uh, but uh, perversely, uh, I loved it. Uh, I did love it. I still do. On with the show. <laughs> Anyway, I'm Sud Guru. Oh, this episode's about Sud Guru, actually. How did I get onto to Mr. Bobolinum? Oh, yeah, Zen. Yeah, so, as it turns out, I'm really Zen, you know, but I happen to wear a suit because that's how I get my money. Um, but uh, I'm Zen. Um, and I actually had a woman come up to me once who uh, was selling tours. Look, she, she had a laptop. She was in the bar with me and uh, she would have been about my age, and um, she had a laptop with some sort of um, rainbow on it, you know, on the, on the when she opened, when she flipped open her laptop, it had a kind of rainbow and um, dream your dreams or something like that on it, you know what I mean? And, um, and she kind of came over to me, and uh, she said, I, uh, hi, blah, blah, blah. I think I smiled at her, you know, because um, she seemed like a, a bit of a happy clap type of person, you know, a new age type of person. She was dressed nicely, um, and all that sort of thing. Turns out, you know, she's one of these um, spirituality, uh, live your zen kind of people, you know. And I I sort of smiled at her, and and that kind of made her come over to me sort of thing, you know. And she said, oh, hi. Um, You know, I used to work in one of these little boxes like you do I went oh here we go and uh, you know because she sort of motioned pointed out the window you know because our office block was opposite and um, I was in the um, uh, not Sofitel uh, one of the hotels Yeah. corner of Lonsdale and Exhibition whatever that one is and um, she said "Um, but I escaped I went oh yeah all right." you know because you know I you know I, am, I escaped myself, actually, without leaving. <laughs> and I said, all right, do tell, you know. And, um, you know, because you can carry your zen around with you, even in, when you're in one of those boxes, you know. You can be sitting in a tent on, you know, halfway up the Himalayas and, you know, be zen in your inside, you know. And you can also be in an office block, and be just a zen, you know. Um, anyway, she started talking, you know, would you, have you ever been to Machu Picchu? <laughs> she actually said that, you know, she mentioned Machu Picchu. I said, I don't know Machu Picchu, you know. Um, and I said, no, I haven't been there. <laughs> Probably never will. And she said, well, do you know what? Uh, you could just walk away from all of this and find yourself on top of, you know, Machu Picchu. And, I was, and she said, um, have you got a bucket list was another thing she said. I got oh, no bucket list no, no I'm just you know just cruising about actually I've got a family actually so you know I'm just cruising about here. She said you could have um, you know you're going leave it all behind you know is what she was saying. Anyway um, I said oh, that's really interesting you know blah 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 I didn't I didn't sort of say anything about me and uh, she walked away and would have th- she would have imagined I'm sure that I was just a suit. An extra in the video clip. Mr. Bobblin you know, or Mr. Barb or, you, know, you know. Anyway, uh, that's that, you know. Now, how did I get onto that? Yeah. Well, yeah, all right, I know how I got onto that. Soot guru, he looks like a guru, you know. Now, I don't look like a guru. Wouldn't it be funny if I was a guru? That wasn't me, by the way, that was George. And uh, that was a song without notice, really. I just chucked it in there, you know, without warning. Uh, That was George. Uh, I I felt I needed the the whole song on that occasion. Uh, Beware of Maya, you know. Uh, 1971, yeah. That was the high point of civilization, 1971, when all things were still possible. Uh, Anyway, uh, we're meandering in the general direction of what this episode is all about. We're in no hurry, but this episode is about Sudguru. Let's get back to him. Um, But I'm having fun just listening to a few songs now. Uh, Look, I'll get back. I'll get back to the guru. Don't worry about that. Here we go. Look, the guru looks good, um, but I look good too in a different way. Uh, but I was a bit freaked out that the, that he was only that he was six, only six years older than me, and he looked like sixty years older than me. I think he's bunging that on. If you take too much care in your appearance, are you, are you that's Zen, you know. Um, yeah, I'd like I'd like him to just wear shorts and a t shirt, um, and put some runners on, um, and actually, Guru, you or me? Let's have a race, you know, a ten kilometer race, and let's see who wins. You know, oh no, I can't do that. I am a Guru. <laughs> ah, come on, you know, that's all about a living, running, you know. Um, so. Look, all in all, I think the guru beats me um, as a guru. But I reckon I could beat him in a running race, you know. I'd even give him a a one kilometre head start to, to account for that six years, you know. Back when I was young and back when the guru was young, he'd be aware of this, it was all about the Maharishi Yogi. Sudguru would be aware that he's the latest and the greatest of them all, you know. Uh, In that sense, you know, when he was young, the Maharishi Yogi would have been big because the Maharishi Yogi was hanging with the Beatles.
1: world good people are suffering more or bad people are suffering more good people are suffering more it's always the case you know isn't it true <laughs> of course it's true good people are suffering more
0: yeah. let's have a look at that 10 50 p.m today Start of self analysis. Go, Charlie. (laughs) Uh, I consider myself a good person. Uh, This is irrespective of whether anyone else is good. Uh, I consider myself a good person in a bubble, it's got nothing to do with anyone else. Uh, I haven't compared myself to anyone else. I don't need someone else to be bad in order for me to be good. Uh, When I make a judgment about whether I'm good, uh, all I'm thinking about is my intentions each day from the moment I uh, wake up until I go to sleep at night and and my actions each day. From the moment I woke, up, wake up, until I go to sleep, you know, that's all I'm taking into consideration. Uh, it's uh, uh, if uh, whether anybody else is good and bad or bad <coughs> doesn't come into it. You know? Right. Uh, point number two. Self-analysis item number two. I am not suffering in life, you know. I've got someone I know who is a Sudguru follower. She's a disciple, really. Um, and um, I joked to her today, uh, I'm not suffering. And she said, what are you talking about? I said, I've been listening to Sudguru. And he told me that uh, everyone is suffering, that people who think they are, they are good are suffering she just looked at me and she said, you're not suffering. She knows me well, you know. Um, Now, um, and she said, no, 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 yeah, you're not suffering. You wouldn't know how to suffer. And she's right, you know, so I'm not suffering. I consider myself a good person and I'm not suffering. One more thing I forgot, uh, because there's a sort of checklist that uh, Sukh goes through uh, of things that you should consider, you know? um, and another thing that I should have considered in my self-analysis and I forgot uh, was how did I become good? You know? um, well, and that's pretty easy. You know? uh, it's a combination of nature and nurture. Everyone knows that, you know. Um, yeah, like if you have a hard childhood uh, you might end up bad you know? um yeah that happens all the time you know some young bloke um, is in the back of a taxi and um and hits the taxi driver over the back of the head you know and kills him or something you know and uh and then he goes before the courts you know and that's bad you know he's been a bad boy um and he goes to the courts, and his defence lawyer says he had a hard childhood, you know, and that's what made him bad, you know, but he is bad, you know, and the lawyer will agree with that, he's done a bad thing, you know, um, and uh, and he intended to knock the taxi driver over the head as well, so his intent was bad, okay, so he's not looking for a not guilty, he's looking for a reduced sentence or something, you know, so, you yeah. The kid's not good, even the kid will, you know, has been told to plead guilty, uh, but um, nature and nurture, he's had a bad nurture, you know, uh, and so other people have had a bad nature, you know, born with a bad, bad nature, you know, maybe Adolf Hitler was, I don't know, I'm not an expert on who's good and who's bad, except I know I'm good, uh, and how do I know I'm good? Well, I got lucky, you know. I got born with a good nature. I really did, you know. Now Look, I'm being, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to put tickets on myself. I, I'm actually looking at myself dispassionately, you know. I don't care whether I'm good or not. I'm just looking at myself, hey, he's a pretty good guy, you know. Look, I'm no Hitler, you know, definitely, you know? Um, And I got lucky, lucky, lucky on the nurture front. Um, I've had a charmed life, you know, the likes of which... Very few people in history have had. I've just had a charmed life. I'm 56, and really, I've had a lucky, lucky life. You know. So, in summary, uh, hang on. Let's try and get all this together before the super guru comes on. The guru comes on. Um, I'm a good person in my mind. Um, I am not suffering. You know. And how did I become good? Uh, Well it's a combination of nature and nurture. It's got nothing to do with, you know, whether anyone else is good. I'm not comparing myself. You, know, you don't need to compare yourself to other people to work out whether you're good or not. Uh, it's to do with, you know, when you wake up in the morning, if all your intentions throughout the day are good, you know, you're, you've put yourself at the service of the universe and you, you're not in it for yourself, right? And um, if all your actions, likewise, are good, you know, you're as good as a human can be, so you are good, you know. And I'm not suffering, yes, you know, well, you know, the guru might say, you are suffering, but you don't know it. And um, to which I would say, well, then I'm not suffering, think about it. <laughs> you yeah. know, even if I'm deluded, you know, if I'm deluded is what you're saying, you know, I'm, you're deluded, Charlie, you know, you're, you you think you're suffering but, and you don't know it, you know. Well, if I don't know it, I'm not, you know, because it is a state of mind, suffering. You know, think about it, the guru, you know, it's obvious, you know, uh, they they overcomplicate things sometimes, these gurus. Now, um, and he might, you know, he might insist, you know, no, 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 I am a guru, you are suffering, you know, and you don't know it, you know, so, oh, well, all right, well, you're an atheist and you don't know it, to which the guru might say, what? I say, you're an atheist and you don't know it. Oh, I'm not an atheist, I'm a guru, you know, religion is very important to me. I said no 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 you're an atheist and you don't know it you're scared you're you know you have a psychological uh, um, f- a fear uh you know that you you might die in into nothingness you know and um you're covering up that fear with religion you know and um you're actually an atheist you know deep down that um that uh that you don't actually believe in everything you think you believe in but you're in a state you're in a permanent state of panic you know you on one level are psychologically insane sorry there's a turbo you are psychologically insane by now at your age you know what are you 65 I'm 56 you know maybe we're we're about the same age you know you've you've gone you've gone mad and you don't know it I have not gone mad and I don't know it yes you have I said no I haven't yes you have yes no I haven't I got you, Guru.
1: In this world, good people are suffering more or bad people are suffering more? Good people are always suffering more. Yes? People who think they are good, they are simply a suffering. <laughs> Isn't it so? Please look at this. <laughs> Now, first of all, how did you become
0: good? Oh well, Guru, it's a combination of nature and nurture. It's most certainly got nothing to do with anyone else, you know. For example, you know, I I consider a lot of other people good as well. Uh, I consider myself good, but I consider a lot of other people as good as well. Look, it's a nature and nurture thing, Guru.
1: he's not okay, she's not okay, he's not okay, he's not okay, he's not okay, okay, she's not okay. Compared to all these people, I'm a good man. From where did you get the idea that you're good? Tell me. You have compared yourself with lots of people and you labeled everybody as bad and now you feel good. Somebody who thinks he is very good, in his mind nobody in the world is okay. The more good you think you are, nobody's okay for you. Is that so? Isn't it so? People who believe they are very good people, nobody wants to go anywhere near them because they're so good. No life can happen. Your goodness is only in comparison with something else, isn't it? Yes? and you establishing yourself as good and making every… If all these people are totally wretched people, then I am a really good man, isn't it? Isn't it so? Good people won't get anywhere, either in this world or in the other world. Can you take a joke? Do you have good digestion? (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not talking with that digestion.
0: <laughs> Whoa, hang on. Take five. Uh, guru fans, what did he mean just then by can you take a joke? Uh, was he responding to some something that someone said in the audience? Or did he just... Now, not mean all this stuff he has just been saying, um, in which case I've wasted my time making this episode, you know. Is he saying that it was a joke, you know, this business of, you know, what may, you know, how did you become a good man, you you know, and, you know, by saying this, everyone else is bad, you know, because obviously, you know, I consider myself a good man. Uh, but, you know, in order to consider myself a good man, I didn't, I didn't do it by comparing myself to anyone else, you know. Um, I can be a good man and I can consider myself a good man and consider everyone else to be good as well at the same time. Um, but was all that a joke, you know? And uh, have I reacted um, in good faith? Against a joke, see, I'm confused now, and a little bit of this is the language barrier. I'm sh- I'm sure you know because I actually couldn't even make out what he was saying in that last few seconds. Um, and uh, being an Indian, um, what does he even mean by good? You know, does he have the same meaning of the word good as I have? You know, uh, to some extent, it sounds like he is. He should be using the word better. You know. Uh, Do you think you're a better man, you know? He's saying, do you think you're a good man? How did you become good? You know, the only reason, the only way you became good is uh, by thinking everybody else is bad. You know, that's what he's saying. But there might be a language barrier. He is not that good at English. I can tell that. I'm allowed to say that. Um, What he might be meaning, and, you know, I'm being fair to the guru here, he might be meaning to say, do you think you are better than everybody else, you know? Yeah, him, it might be lost in translation. Whatever the Hindu word for good is, you know. Uh, or, you know, whatever word he's trying to use. Um, you know, what he might be trying to say is, do you think you are better than everyone else? You know? And if that's the case, then his whole speech starts to make sense and I've reacted to the wrong thing, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, see, now I'm confused, you know. But, look... You've got two choices you know you can guess and uh, my GD you know, you know she has a high EQ when it comes to this I'm more a uh, literalist you know um, yeah, she my GD is fantastic at listening to someone like the guru here and you know hearing him say something like, "How did you become good you know by you know um, by considering everybody else not good you know she might hear that and say ah oh, <laughs> of course, he means the word "better." You know, he just doesn't know the, the word "better." Perhaps you know, are you better than everyone else? Is what? And she listens to the. You know, she might listen to the episode quite happily uh, because she's got a high EQ. Whereas, you know, I go more on what I'm hearing. You know, I have this attitude. Listen, you know, I'm only, I can only go on what your words are. You know, I'm not going to go guessing. That you know, you, you you know, you might say uh, uh, consider a cat walking past your house, you know, and and you're actually meaning a chicken, you know, uh, you know, I'll, if you say cat, I'm just going to imagine a cat, you know, but my GD, for example, is is has got a higher EQ than me. We we have a dialectic, an ongoing dialectic, uh, my GD, and I have noticed over the years uh, that she has a higher EQ than me. Uh, I yeah i for example will you know if someone says um consider a cat walking past your house you know i'll consider a cat you know but she's able to guess that he means a chicken you know and in her mind yeah i'll you know look if she's listening to this uh one day she might say no 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 i'm i'm not that eq but now, I think she, you know, if she was... I, I do think she has got that level of EQ. You know, a guru might um, say, consider a cat walking past your house, you know. And uh, and she does have that way of thinking where she says um, in her mind she's thinking chicken because she's guessed that he means chicken somehow from the context of what he's saying and she doesn't get hung up on it, you know. Whereas, you know, I'm, I'm more likely being... Um, a a pedant really and a literalist you know to say no no go back start again guru and say chicken you know so for his speech that he's been speaking now i would sort of put my hand up at the moment and say excuse me guru do you mean the word better you know you're saying what yeah how did you become good You you know and and then you went on guru and you said by considering everybody else bad you know this person is not okay, 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 therefore I am a good man, you know? You you know, you have this idea of the word good being a relative concept, you know? You can only be good relative to someone else, you know? Whereas in English, um, and I'm a bit surprised because the Indians are often better at English than we Australians, for example, or even better at English than the English, you know? Um, Uh, But, you know, this guru, yeah, the actual, the relative term with respect to the word good is the word better, you know, so you say, how did you become better than everyone else in your mind, you know, and then it makes sense, you know, you became better in your mind because you had to consider that this person is not okay, this person is not okay, this person is not okay, therefore you are better, you know, and that would have made sense, Okay. So I would have put my hand up if I was in that audience and I would have said, excuse me, guru, uh, you're using the word good. Do you mean the word better? Yeah. To which he might say, can't you take a joke? You know. To which I might say, what does that even mean? You know, Can I take a joke? Do you mean every time you speak it could be a
1: joke? Yeah. Yeah.
0: The guru, sad guru... His Sadguru is very confusing on that level, and his English is not that good. Yeah, I've noticed that. Um, yeah, not as good as a lot of other Indians. English. Uh, a lot of a lot of Indian uh, people have got the most wonderful grammar, yeah. and uh, they port the rest of us to shame. Yeah, uh, yeah, that colonial history thing. You know, and playing cricket. Right now. Um. Okay, back to the Guru now. In the in the following bit, I've already listened to it. The guru imagines a God in heaven, who is able to create a heaven that has got a level for every um, for every type of person in the world. Right now, the highest level that he was able to achieve this God was a level. uh, who, which is set aside for people who have done only one bad deed in their whole lives. You know, that's the highest level in heaven and, and in, in this God's heaven. And, um, you know, and there's a level under that for people who have done two bad deeds and so on and so forth, you know, down to, um, you know, level seven billion, you know. Right, now, um, or seven trillion, you know, how many people have ever lived, you know. Now, um, now, I I don't, uh, you know, if you're going to enter into a God story, who can create a heaven with these levels, you know, level one, level two, level three, level four, level five, down to... You know, level seven trillion. Um, look, if you if you if you're going to enter into the idea of God, then why would you stop at level one? You know, why wouldn't why wouldn't this God be able to create a level zero set aside for people who have done no bad deeds? Now there are such people, of course. You know, where do the little baby where do the little babies go in this heaven? You know, the ones who are stillborn, you know, or the ones, you know, little, poor little babies, you know, who die at birth, you know. Uh, where do they go? You know, obviously, you know, they go to level zero. Uh, now, in the following episode, um, uh, in the following episode, um, Sudguru asks us to accept that there is a God and that he was able to create a heaven with all these levels, you know, level one, level two through to the level seven trillion, but he was incapable of creating a level zero for people with no bad deeds and on on that level, I think his entire story f- falls over you know, because you know he's setting up a you know, an admittedly an ad- admittedly you know sort of illustrative story you know about a certain type of God, but it's just an irritating story, really. You know, because it can't it 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 can't um, be used in a useful way to ponder, you know, the human condition. If it's if it's uh, a story that is that artificial, you know, um, if you're going to make up a story about, you know, a god with all these levels in heaven. Um, it's It's got to be able to be relatable back to real life, or else it's not a good story, you know, uh, not a useful story. And, you know, I, I consider the story that's coming up now not useful because it does not allow for, um, you know, it's a bit of a tragic sort of illustration that I came up with on the spot, you know, but, you know, you can't predict what you're going to come up with as examples. Uh, you know, a little baby that, you know, dies uh, very, very young. You know, clearly hasn't, has done no bad deeds, you know. And, um, and you know, as such, uh, his story, the guru here, is, is kind of wasting our time. You know, but this, because um, I can't relate it back, you know, properly to the human condition, you know, Uh, but, you know, be that as it may, uh, this, uh, the the title of this episode is Sadhguru, so I have to let him have his say, but I don't like the story that's coming up. You can like it, it's up to you, you know, this is, uh, Charlie doesn't tell you what to think, you know, Uh, Charlie's just talking to himself here.
1: One day, in his previous life, Shankaran Pillai was a good man. After a brief illness, he died. Being a good man, he naturally went to heaven. He landed up at heaven, there at the reception committee of angels, opened his account book. Page after page, good deed, good deed, good deed, good deed, good deed. Cover to cover, only good deed. Then the angels were in confusion. Then they came to Shankaran Pillai and said, Mr. Pillai, there's a little problem here. He asked, what is the problem? He said, the angels said, see here we have various kinds of accommodation in heaven, various levels of accommodation. One bad deed, means highest heaven, sea front view. Two bad deeds, next level of accommodation, three bad deeds, next level of accommodation like this. But no bad deed, we don't have such a place. We really don't know what to do with you. You are the first man to come like this. Shankaran, I thought, what nonsense. In the world, nobody wanted to come near me because I was such a good man. I lived with the hope of getting to heaven and even here problem. (laughs) (laughs) Then the angels had a discussion and they arrived at a conclusion. They said, don't you worry, Mr. Pillai, we have found a solution. Your body is still intact there, we'll give you three hours of life. Just commit one bad deed, we'll put you in the highest heaven, nothing is lost. So Shankaran became Shankaran Pillai became alive here. Then he sat there thinking how to commit a bad deed. An hour and a half passed away. See, he is not like you. He has no practice. (laughs) After an hour and a half, he remembered, in the neighborhood. There is a woman who is well beyond her prime who's been casting inviting glances at him. (laughs) He being a good man, he never looked that way. Now he thought, okay, adultery is a bad deed because after all he's going to do whatever he is going to do just to go to heaven. So he went looking for the woman. He went and knocked on her door. She came and opened the door. When she opened the door, Shankar and Pillai said, ''I want you.'' Why, Mr. Pillai, just yesterday evening they told me, ''You are on your deathbed, what is this?'' He said, ''It doesn't matter, I want you.'' He went in, you know, nature took over, things happened between them. He doesn't want to die in her house. <laughs> Time is running out, so he told her, ''I need to go.'' And he came to the door, the woman came to see him off and she said, Mr. Pillai, do you know what a good deed you have done for me today? One more good deed. (laughs) So good people will neither make it here nor there. It's not your goodness which liberates you. Your goodness is only in comparison with somebody else. Your goodness being in comparison with somebody else, it's not about goodness, it's a kind of sickness. It's just like right now people are going about like this. They are happy, they don't know what joy is. Their happiness is just that, they have things that other people don't have, isn't it? Now, let's say you are all very hungry but my stomach is full and I feel so happy. That nobody has food but at least I have something to eat. Is this happiness or sickness? Huh? Humanity is suffering from the sickness which is passing off as happiness for most people, isn't it so?
0: Seriously, uh, what a load of crap! Yeah. for me, you know, that was a load of crap.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: you know, um, yeah, good people, no one will go near them, you know, all all their lives, you know. Like that guy he was talking about, who got it on with that woman. Um, I'd go near him. In fact, I'd say, you know, I saw a movie once, and I I actually read the book too. I think yeah, I did. Yeah, I had that was one of my school texts. Zorba the Greek, you know? And um, and he gave the same advice. If there's a, a sad, lonely, if there's a lonely woman in the village, you know, go and sort her out, you know? That's a good thing to do. And, you know, I'd go up to that guy, you know, like uh, so Guru here is saying that this man who can't do a bad deed, it turns out he, even after he came back to earth, he still couldn't do a bad deed. He was a good man, you know? I don't know which way he's arguing sometimes. But, you know, I'd go and make friends with that guy. And I'd say, listen, you know, you, you looked after that that sort of old woman there. Um, good on you, you know. And I'd make friends with him. Do you want to come for a drink, you know? And he'd say, yes, and we'd get along like a house on fire, that guy and me, that guy that fixed up that woman. Um, and I'd say, listen, you know, if you do die, you know, I'll take over if you like, you know. Um, yeah, that's a good day. If I wasn't married and all that sort of stuff, you know, I'd, I'd seriously consider it. It's the right thing to do. And, um, yeah, and in such a. Oh, nearly a car, nearly a car crash in front of us. Um, yeah, you get what I'm saying. Anyway, um, and, and he's almost inferring, you know, because I'm a good man, and I consider myself a good man anyway, and you know, in large part, you know, he's talking about whether, not whether you, the listener, think I'm a good man or not you know, you might think I'm a bad man, you know, because I've got a full tummy, for example, and I'm living in Australia, and there are poor children, you know, with um, nothing in their tummies in other countries, you know, how can you feel good about yourself, look, I could go into that in detail, but I do, you know, just do, you know, and whether you think I'm a good person or not doesn't really come into it, um, I'm a good man in my own mind, and, and to a very large extent, that's what the guru is talking about, you know, do you consider yourself a good man, you know, um... And he was talking about goodness per se, not better, you know. Uh, but anyway, in the end, you know, as I listened to that last story, but look, all that aside, I'm I'm a good person, and I think most people do consider me, so, me a good person. Like, you know, there'd be very few people I, I know that would consider myself a bad person. I know a lot of people who I consider to be good people as well, and I'm friends with them. How is that possible? Guru, when you said if there are good people in the world, no one will go near them. I go near good people all the time, in fact, Uh, I've spent a lot of time weeding my social garden and I really only hang around with, and marry, and you know all that sort of stuff, uh, good people, genuinely good people, and um, a lot of people consider me to be a good person and hang around with me. You are saying this is impossible. Look, it could be something in your definition of good, Sudguru, but, you know, if you're not going to define what you mean by good and just launch into a lecture on uh, being good, you you really should tell us what you mean by being good. But uh, I I honestly think your uh, lecture doesn't hang together at all. You know, really, it doesn't hang together. Uh, But anyway, I'm I'm glad you gave the lecture because it gives me an opportunity to come at ideas such as being good, and ideas such as morality, you know, that's coming up in another Sudguru lecture in this episode, and humanity, you know, that idea, and respect, and virtue, and all these things, you know. These Guru lectures have given me an opportunity to come at all these ideas from an angle other than the angle I might have come at them another day. So thank you to whoever sent these clips to me. I know who sent them to me you know, for my curiosity and, in, in, and interest. Um, uh, and thank you, GD, who is not the person I was talking about. When I said someone I know is a disciple of Sudguru, that's another person. So I've heard about Sudguru from two different sources. That's interesting. The the wonders of modern technology, because those two people really don't even know each other and they both know Sudguru because they're both on Facebook, I suppose. Quickly, it's five. Th- no, sorry, it's six thirty in the morning. I've been awake since five thirty. Uh, I needed a sleep last night, but I didn't get one. Uh, I have the BBC World Service uh, in my earphones overnight. I just like that, you know. Help, helps me sleep. Uh, but at five thirty in the morning, uh, a an Outlook special on Michael Johnson the Olympic sprinter came on and he, he spoke for a long time about his life. About his life, you know. Um, he got food poisoning just before uh, in the 200 metres in Barcelona and it wrecked um, his uh, shot at a gold medal at Barcelona. But at Atlanta... And little Richard sang at the Atlanta Olympics, by the way. It's another whole story, you know, because I'm a, I'm a Little Richard follower. But anyway, in Atlanta, he won the double, the 400 metres and the 200 metres. Um, anyway, I, the episode fascinated me. Listening to him fascinated me so much that I couldn't get back to sleep, you know. Um, but for the purposes of this episode, which deals with matters such as the idea of being good and the idea of humanity and the idea of morality. Um, uh, yeah, as I listened to it, I, th- I was thinking um, that Michael Johnson has done good, you know. But in order to do good, he had to, he had to uh, defeat others. In fact, as I was listening, um, his mindset when he was running in the Olympics was to make sure he... He said hate is a strong word, but he had to hate uh, his competitors. He didn't hate them as the race finished, you know, and he had won. (laughs) Um, But he said uh, he had to have this mindset that he was the world champion and these other runners were trying to take that away from him. You know, and I said to myself, that's good, you know. Um, and you know, then he would he won the two hundred and four hundred at Atlanta and electrified the crowd. Uh, you know, I actually remember that. And um, he had done a good thing, but in doing a good thing, he had shattered the dreams of other all the other runners. You know, and so on and so forth. You know what I mean? But you, know, you really need to if you're going to talk about Good. Um, It's a difficult. um, Excuse me. uh, It's a difficult concept. um, uh, The idea of what is good, you know. Now, after, um, and you know, where is his humanity in all of that and all that sort of thing? You know, he has clearly spent his life, um, as far as I can tell, yeah, in. Pursuit of individual goals, things like that. But then again, it was he was in, inspirational for so many people. You know, where where is the goodness in that? Where is the humanity in that? Um, and so on. You know. And then after him, um, there was a program on uh, Indigenous uh, Americans, yeah, the tribes, um, the indigenous tribes in America, the First Nations. And there was a, one particular tribe who, I think it was 84, uh, won a landmark case uh, to allow, uh, you know, right through the US court system, um, s- which argued that they, you know, as sovereign owners as such, uh, of their own tribal lands, they should be allowed to run gambling. And when they won that case and they, you know, they opened up casinos and all that sort of thing, um, it rescued their tribe. And not only that, by winning that case, all other tribes, I think, pretty much, all other tribes who had any sovereignty over their land across the US also followed suit, uh, pardon the pun, and um, created casinos and built what appears to be a multi-billion dollar casino industry right across America on tribal lands. Now, before these indigenous people um, uh, started these casinos, you know, apparently it's huge business now, you know, tribal land um, casinos in the US today. I have no idea. I've never been to America and probably will never go. But, um, yeah, uh, prior to this, they were... You know, they were like the Arabs before oil was found, yeah. um, scratching out a crappy existence. You know, and then suddenly the Arabs were all driving Rolls Royces around. You know, that's good. You know, that's, good. You know, that's good. You know, that suddenly they were rich. You know, same goes for the indigenous people in America. Um, they had their dignity back. You know, they're all rich now. Apparently. Okay, so it's a good story, you know, and what's the morality of that, you know? Well, the morality this, this, sounds good to me, you know. Um, indigenous people crushed for so long under the you know European f- sort of e- fort. <laughs> um, suddenly you've got their dignity back um, and their pride. And uh, that's a good story, you know. And um, it's a very human story. Um, It's an act of humanity, really, you know. That was smashed when uh, the Europeans came to America, like indigenous tribes all over the place, and now they've got their dignity back, you know. Look, that's all very simplistic. But, geez, you'd really want to uh, have a long talk about what morality is, really, you know, in that situation. Because gambling wrecks lives. They're wrecking a lot of people's lives who are going onto these reserves as they're called I think um, and gambling the family you know um, fortune away. Well not fortune but you know there are people who go and gamble and then their kids are hungry and their wife is hungry and, or their husband is hungry you know. Um, so it's, it's an immoral thing that all these um, uh, um uh casinos have sprung up all over america on tribal lands and it um on a humanity level it's devastating for so many families i'm absolutely sure but then on a humanity level it's a good thing you know uh, because tribe you know first nations dignity has been restored they can hold their heads up high in the world again you know? um and uh morally you know i think it's a good thing um that uh, they've been able, you know, um, hold their heads up high. It's a good thing, you know, but it's a bad thing because gambling's bad, so on and so forth. There are there is no such thing as black and white in this little story, whether it's to do with Michael Johnson or these First Nations people in America. Both those examples were in America. That's all right. There you go. That's just a coincidence. And um, and I um, obviously we could think of a thousand other examples of. You know whether um, something good and moral and uh, good on a humanity level too uh, has occurred. You know, when looked at from one perspective, and I'm including humanity in that, um, but bad from another person's perspective. You know, and this includes the concept of humanity. You know, humanity uh, can be enhanced for one person, but in the act of enhancing humanity for that person. With the one coming up, he says, um, if I think one thing is right and another person think another thing is right, sorry, I'm starting to talk like him, um, then a fight is inevitable. Well, only amongst people who can't talk about these things without fighting, you know, it's only true of people who, can, who can't talk about religion, football and politics at the, at the dinner table. But, you know, um, smart families, wise families, well-adjusted families can talk politics at the dinner table and they can talk football and they can talk religion and they can all have different politics and they can all have different religions. And they can all have different football teams and it can be the most vibrant and enjoyable dinner conversation ever. It doesn't have to end in a fight. We shouldn't be teaching people to put away morality or, you know, we shouldn't be teaching people to put away their ideas of what is right and what is wrong and and go with their instinctive ideas of humanity or love, if that's what he's talking about, you know, some form of love. But humanity, you know, we shouldn't be saying to everyone, um, don't follow any rules, follow your heart, you know. That's a recipe for disaster, for goodness sake. Because you know? one person who follows his humanity is going to act in a way that's going to make another person who has a different idea of humanity very very angry you know that's what i'd be saying you know if everyone follows his heart his instinct you know opens his heart to his humanity um and acts accordingly my goodness yeah um There would be fights everywhere. You know, I've got two daughters and they're so completely different. And if they just went with their instincts as to um, what they, um, they, um, you know, their instincts, I suppose, their humanity, you know, if they just go with that, uh, they're so different. that There'd be war in our house. So my wife and I impose what you might call moralities, what is right and wrong in our house. Uh, because humanity, left to its own devices, uh, would produce disastrous results, you know. Humanity needs to be moderated by morality and imposed ideas of right and wrong. For example, capital punishment in Australia, you know. Um, we rather impose on Australians, the idea that capital punishment is wrong because humanity, left to its own devices, we are pretty sure would vote that capital punishment is right, you know. It is in accordance with humanity, you know, because we would only kill people who are rapists and so on, you know, shocking, horrible mass murderers and things like that. And we would say that is a kindness and it is human in a hum an act of humanity for the victims. You know, listen, it's a mess. You need a mixture of morality and humanity and you need wise people to know when to use each, and how much of each to use, you know, this sort sort of thing, you know. Um, And not only that, you need more than just morality and humanity. Well, you definitely don't need this thing that Sudguru is saying, you don't, you, we do not want people choosing between morality and humanity and then just going with their ge- instincts, their, hum- their instincts of humanity, you know, that will lead to disastrous results. Yeah. Um, we need... Um, you need a very careful, thought-out, uh, mix of humanity morality uh, cold hard logic you know rhetoric or rhetoric um, you need to doubt your own instincts you need to doubt your humanity you know your ideas of humanity your actions um, you need to listen to others you don't you know you you should not act on um, your own unfolded ideas of humanity, you know, um, as if, you know, as if you um, are smart enough to even do that. You need to listen to other people who may be smarter than you in all sorts of different ways um, to tell you what, what the right actions are in certain circumstances. You know, for example, you know, if there is a rapist, a you know, horrible race, rapist in your village, Maybe you do need a mayor who um, will prevent you and all your friends from grabbing the pitchforks and the torches and marching down to that person's house and burning it down and, and stringing that guy up. Yeah. Maybe a morality needs to be imposed upon you uh, because there might be some un- other considerations with respect to that person you know, or with respect to uh, just the idea of whether um, doing a bad thing to one person, you know, um, who has been bad is uh, making you bad as well. You know, you have to think about there's so many moralities you have to consider and think about, along with uh, the fact that you have to think about humanity. That's why we've got, you know... um, the UN Convention on Human Rights. We're alive to that, you know. We're alive to laws, and we're alive to morality, alive to morality. Is this guy, Suguru almost saying that we don't need laws if we can just open up everyone's heart to humanity, you know? Because some very often you get two people living next door to each other, and um, and if you leave them to their instincts in terms of their actions. They can both be absolutely certain they're being good people and um, and uh, have a fencing dispute, and both of them absolutely believes they are being just and uh, fair and everything else you know, that you can imagine that could be related to the idea of humanity and that the other person is Uh, stealing some of their property you know they can both believe no you need laws you need morality and you need humanity and you need kindness and sometimes you need hard-headedness and sometimes you need to be smart because people are assholes and you've got to be careful of them Um, and you know the old thing that you know if you're too nice it can come across as weakness you've got to pick and choose um, uh, who you're willing to be nice around, you know, sometimes you've just gotta be horrible, you know, you gotta to be tough, you know, so on and so forth. It's, I don't get this guy, Suguru. I think he's giving bad advice. I think he's thinking that,
2: uh,
0: that um all humans are have the um have the capacity even um to uh to have humanity you know but we have got serial killers and all that sort of stuff we need imposed ideas of morality you know is he assuming that everybody in the world could love each other no no you know it's a good idea in theory but people hate each other's guts they're We have evolved that way. We're nowhere near. We're never going to get to a situation where everybody is the Buddha. It ain't happening. We are not designed that way. Alright then. That audio just got chopped off by my alarm on my phone kicking into gear, uh, but look, what I was getting at is uh, something like, um, where's the humanity in these Indigenous uh, First Nations Americans uh, opening up casinos all over the US? Well, I reach into my heart and I can see that humanity, you know. But you might be a... I can see the humanity in that, you know. You might reach into your heart, and you might be a victim of gambling. There are some victims of shocking examples of gambling in this world. People thrown into poverty, even in wealthy nations, let alone poor nations, right? And you might reach into your heart and and um, say, "I see no humanity in that." Yeah. And uh, if you were a lawmaker, you might shut them all down. Whereas if I was in America, I'd keep them all open. You and I, both good people apparently. Maybe not, says Suguru. Um, Each of us has reached into his or her heart and come up with a different idea. Um, What I'm getting at in this episode is... uh, Sood uh, Guru, in um, some audio coming up, um, is extremely simplistic in uh, saying that we need to choose between humanity and morality, and in that choice, you must choose humanity. You know, and at the same time, he is saying that it is impossible to be good one way or another, he's saying that. Um, that Well, no, he's saying more than that. He's saying in order to be good, everyone else has to be bad. He actually says that, you know. Uh, I disagree with that, you know. I think good can be an absolute. You know, you can be good irrespective of whatever, whatever I say, that you can be good, you know, per se, as good as a human can get, you know. Um, it's impossible to be perfectly good. You know, I explain that later in my worldview um you know if you're going to spend too much time on refugees helping them out you're ignoring um people with lgbtqi issues you know or people living in on struggle street you know in the united states of america you know as you campaign for disability rights you know what i mean um all this sort of stuff it's hard to be good you know are you gonna vote for health or are you gonna vote for education you know um and this sort of stuff you know because more the more dollars you put into education the more people die you know through lack of medical treatment this sort of thing you know what I mean you can't be good um look Sudguru says uh, you can't be good on that level I suppose you know you can be as good as a human can be is what I'm suggesting so you know my definition of good is being as good as a human can possibly be, let's say I'll just make that one up right now, and Sudguru says you can't be good without everyone else being bad. Well, I disagree because I just define good in such a way that you can be good as good as a human can be, and uh, Sudhguru later in some audio says it's impossible to be good, impossible to be good unless everyone else is bad. Yeah. If I was in his audience, I'd say no, yeah. and I 'll give you my definition. Of what good is. What's your definition by the way? You're just telling us all this stuff about good um, Have you defined good? Look, maybe he has somewhere else, but I was only given two pieces of audio on Guru. Pieces of audio like that make no sense if, uh, if they are not preceded by the de- definition of good that the guru is uh, using, and the definition of humanity that the guru is using, and the definition of morality. The, th- the two clips made no sense without those definitions, and I think they made no sense anyway, you know. Um, okay, let's move on. Well, here's a funny thing. I may well not exist, according to uh, a guru called uh, Sutguru, because uh, I carry around with me a certain set of moralities that I've developed that work for me. Uh, As it turns out, I'm a little bit flexible with my moralities, but that's a whole other story. Like if I was placed in a different setting, or context, you know, I uh, I would probably switch my a few of my moral moral you know um, rules, if you want to call it, moral laws or you know, moral signposts. You know. uh, my my morality is contextual, uh, and at the moment my morality is contextual on living in peacetime Australia. Uh, but if if you know suddenly I was uh, living in war-torn Australia, I, I I I may I would change my uh, I would tweak review my set of moralities. Uh, now I'm uh, jumping into my head is an example, um, and it may feel make you feel uncomfortable. Bad luck. <laughs> Grow up, you know. But I was just imagining then uh, if I were queer. You are Charlie. We all know that. No, but look, no, seriously, for a minute. If I were queer. Now, if I were queer here, uh, I... My morality as I sit here, I think, would be such that that's a a morality that I have for me, but I wouldn't force... Necessarily force that morality onto others. Okay. So... Um, my morality is not only contextual, uh, but my morality is uh, for me, you know, it works for me. But I'm not necessarily um, feeling that I need to force that onto other people, you know, I'm not gonna fight about it. You know, if, I've got, if this is my morality, I'm not going to fight about it. You know, like if I, if I were to get into a debate with someone else about morality, um And you see oh, i 've got this morality, and i 'll explain it to you in a minute i haven't explained it yet uh, you know, re- relating to my queerness, and you know that other person might say oh, i 've got a set of moralities about that too i say oh let's uh, let's let's talk about those let's have a dialectic, I would say because i 'm not much into debating uh, I, I prefer a dialectic before a debate, uh, but the point is it doesn't really matter. The point is i 'm able to talk to Another person about this, um, without it ending up in a fight, I absolutely guarantee that. Um, now, you know, an example that jumps into my head is this: you know, my morality, if I work queer, would be such that you know, let's say I had a couple of friends um, who are, who were lesbians, you know, and um, and they were having a big lesbian party. And then my morality for me would be such that, well, I'm a female as much as I'm a male. Look, I'm, I'm, am is no such thing as gender, I would say to myself. Now, I expect an invitation. Now, I am, um, I am uh, biologically a male, you know, uh, as it turns out, but I'm just, um, identity-wise, a queer, you know. Um, now, I expect an invitation you to girls, and they, they, yeah, they're girls, they identify as girls, these two girls, you two girls are lesbians, I expect an invitation, you know, um, because I'm looking for, I'm looking for love, and I may find love at your lesbian party, um, um, you know, because um, my set of um, values are, such that you know, I'm, I'm very much welcome at your party because you know, uh, you know, I may have a set of values like that. Um, actually, no, I wouldn't. No, no, you know what my morality is. My morality is that my queerness um, works for, is uh, a personal kind of morality. I'm making this up as I go along. As an example, it doesn't really matter, you know. I could pick another example if I was an airline pilot, you know. um, And, you know, uh, we were about to crash, you know. Would I put the parachute on? (laughs) I could do a morality around that. Uh, You know, because I've got kids. And um, not for me, I'm putting my parachute on, you know. I'm putting my parachute on for my kids, and that's my morality. I could make up a whole morality, you know, for me that works for me. Now, let me think about this. And there's only one parachute aeroplane. No, let's get back to me as queer. And, um, no, you know what my morality would be? My morality would be, you know, after having a debate with my lesbian friends, they might say, listen, we don't want you there, because bio- males who are biological male, um, make us feel uncomfortable, and no one at this party is going to be looking for someone who's a biological male. Uh, in fact, they all, we know them all, they find biological males a turn off you know and I would say oh um okay now now listen I would say my morality is such that you know you know because I am really really queer I should be invited but I respect that your morality is such that I shouldn't be invited and it's your party yeah and um and then my lesbian friends would say uh well you know um We knew you'd say that, because we know you, Charlie. And we know you're a decent guy. Now, myself and these two lesbians, uh, we stayed friends after this. Um, We had conflicting moralities, uh, but it did not end up in a fight. Now, Sutguru would say, you know, if I do a close reading of his words, you know, um, he would say, this is impossible. You know, if uh, we're, if uh, Someone like me, who can accommodate someone else's moralities, um, when I have a certain set of moralities, a person like me is impossible. I don't exist. And yet, I do exist. Huh. Let's get into this show. Uh, And the point of this show is to disrupt a guru. I just got a call from my friends who were having that party. It's the next day, by the way. Uh, They had that party and uh, it was a disaster, they told me. Um, Another friend, a mutual friend of theirs and mine, who's also queer, like me, uh, insisted on going. So um, he, uh, he had a different morality, excuse me, I've got to get out of the wind, by the looks of um, and um, insisted upon going. He, um, he cried, apparently. He was crying. And he said, um, I'm being discriminated against, you know. Um, and th- my friends, uh, who were running this party, uh, I felt sorry for him and said he could come and um, he, uh, he um, apparently uh, made a big scene because uh, nobody was willing to dance with him and, uh, and he's gone you know like off his leader uh, since on social media um, and uh, and and is telling everybody that the people at this party were absolutely horrible and have no concept of, you know, rights, you know, and, and and humanity, and um, and no moral virtue. He's just going for it. He said what they were doing was wrong, you know. Um, but my um and and now um there's, a, there's an unholy war going on, and my friends are distraught. You know, because they they, um, they were setting a lot of store by this party, um, and um, and uh, you know, um, there were uh, girls at that party uh, saying that this guy was making them feel uncomfortable, you know, because it was fancy dress and all that sort of stuff, you know, um, and he came he came as Mardi Gras, you know, in a very revealing outfit. And um, and he made all the girls at the party feel uncomfortable, and he called them all horrible. You know, um, uh, this is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Now I've I've made that up, of course. You know, a completely made up scenario. I don't even know if it, this is a sort of scenario that would happen in real life. How do how do the how do people with these sort of different ideas? Of what's right and wrong, gender-wise and all that sort of stuff. How do they manage this sort of situation? You know, um, uh, you know, like if, if my queer friend, my imaginary queer friend, you know, um, wanted to, um, you know, sleep with a lesbian, and she said, I would never sleep with someone like you, you know, you're physically male, and, uh, you know, is she being bad, you know, um, and if he... Uh, makes her feel bad for thinking that, you know, discriminatory, making her feel like she's being uh, discriminatory, is uh, who's being bad here? Who's being immoral? Who's lacking in uh, humanity? Um, Who's lacking in respect? Uh, It's very difficult. Um, Now, even as I was making up that whole story, I started to lose track of what elements of that story were related to morality, and what elements of that entire story were related to humanity and what elements were related to um, uh, humanity, morality humanity what's right or wrong whatever you know i got, I, got, I started to lose track of what was what, and as i uh in this episode try to n- not only bring down a certain guru but also Untangle, you know, whether we should be calling upon our morality or our sense of humanity, um, and all these sorts of what's right or wrong, and all this sort of stuff, you know. And even as I bring law into it, yeah, you know, and logic and respect, you know, all these things, you know, what is what, you know, with all of these words. Um, my feeling at, at this early stage is that all these concepts morality, you know, virtue even, you know, um, respect, humanity, uh, I suspect they're all, uh, uh, all parts of the same thing and uh, being, um, yeah, they're all aspects of how we might, uh, get along and we probably need them all you know, we can't ditch any of them we, um, we're one of those elements or aspects of you know, how we relate to each other uh, isn't uh, isn't uh, cutting it, you know like if in that, all that whole story that I just spoke, if, every, if everyone involved, if their sense of humanity isn't working, you know Um, in resolving the situation, then, you know, maybe something like um, morality needs to come into play or law even if it ends up in a big fight. Yeah, right, maybe law needs to be brought in because humanity, uh, humanity can't solve this problem, you know. So maybe we need to bring in a law, you know. And I can imagine doing that, you know, bringing in a law that lesbians are allowed to have a party that excludes discriminates against queers you know who are physically male you know maybe uh, we need legislators to chop in on this one you know um so you know it's a very confusing but i would never at this early stage anyway while i try and figure out what all these concepts really mean i would never say something like we all need to um have we all need to rely upon our humanity in order to do away with morality, you know, or law even, I imagine, you know. All these concepts are uh, closely related, I'm sure of it, surely, you know. Um, Does morality derive from humanity? And, you know, do laws uh, not derive from humanity? And is culture linked as well? I think it's all uh, a tapestry. uh, uh, You know, all these elements are the tapestry of uh being a a a fully functioning um human being and i think you need them all i would not recommend dump anything we're about to hear from a guru who i think is suggesting we dump we know we put an emphasis on on humanity um in order to try and dump morality you know i think that's what he's saying Um, but I I think you need to wisely employ all these concepts in your life, you know, um, morality, humanity, law, logic, respect, you know. And I know that, you know, for example, respect, um, could be tagged against our sense of humanity, but it could also be tagged against, uh, you know, you could have, uh, one of your moral virtues could be, um, that you respect others, you know, um, even if um, your personal humanity is not sending you in that direction, you know, and if not that, you know, the, lo- the laws we create to moderate each other's behaviour might bring about respect when, you know, humanity fails and morality fails too, you know, and even logic could cut in when all those three things fail and so on and so forth, right, I, I really can't um, disengage any of those concepts from any of the others, I think they are all connected, and should not be disconnected, you know, um, each depends on the other, at this early stage I'm sure of that, but, uh, but um, I'm willing to um, change my mind as this episode unfolds. Have you ever had anyone do something wrong by you and then say, but I love you? Yeah. Um, yeah, and inside, you are screaming, love doesn't cut it. Yeah. I need you to do the right thing by me. I don't need you to love me. Love is not enough. So where does John Lennon's song... You know, and this other person might be in his or her heart. Honestly and genuinely feeling his or her love for you. you know, he or she has reached into his soul or her soul and um, feels that he or she is acting out of love. You know, Where... Does the John Lennon song All You Need Is Love fit in in that scenario? When I was young, it was the Maharishi Yogi. For us Beatles fans, anyway. Now it's Sudguru. I thought it was Sudguru, you know, because I had only heard someone tell me about him. I'd never seen his name written down or heard anything from him myself. Uh, Apparently it's Sudguru. And um, I listened to two of his little speeches. Someone sent them to me. And to my mind, they went like this. You know, like um, if... Yeah, I imagined that um, if he was talking about liquids, for example, he'd say something like... He had this way of... um, Asking rhetorical questions, to which he, hears, to which, um, he absolutely expected everyone to um, not even question. You know, um, he believed them to be self-evidently true, such that he could ask the question and didn't even bother waiting for the answer, because they were just so obviously true, you know, these things that he was saying. And I imagined him speaking about water. And telling everyone about water. And I imagined him saying something like, uh, Water is wet.
2: True? Yes?
0: Yes or no? Hmm? Isn't it? You know? I imagined him saying something like, Yes, of course, it's wet. Water is wet. Water cannot be wet. Unless everything else is not wet. True? Yes. See? Isn't it? You know, yes or no? True. Ah, Yes, it's true. Okay. And then he just keeps talking, you know. Yeah, whoa, 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 come back a bit, you know, because milk is wet too, you know. Anyway, um, but he just rattles on. He said, Water is wet, you know. And he said, So let me think about this. What does this mean? You know, water is wet. And if wa- water can only be wet if everything else is not wet, you know. And, um, and he said, And uh, this is why breastfeeding does not exist. Okay, end of end of show, you know, uh, end of lecture, and that's it, you know, and then it just finishes, you sure, you're left there, uh, no, Um, I think I was breastfed, uh, then you do not exist, you know. what? <laughs> I don't think he's quite up to the Maharishi Yogi, just yet, but that's only on the weight of only two episodes, um, that I have listened to, um, look, the Maharishi Yogi, uh, Sexy Sadie. Yeah. Um, actually, I might just uh, stop there because I have to go somewhere. I'll put Sexy Sadie on uh, because that's a that was John Lennon um, s- writing a song for the Maharishi Yogi because the Maharishi Yogi you know invo- got the Beatles over to India and they were having a a wonderful old meditative time, you know. Uh, getting all yogic, and um, and then I think Maharishi Yogi cracked on to one of the girls <laughs> associated with the Beatles, and uh, not that the Beatles cared about that so much, but I thought that's know, not very yogi, <laughs> and um, and I think John Lennon was left disenCHANTED, uh, not because of the girl, but because you know um, he was hoping for some something a little bit different. <laughs> than what he'd been noticing around with all the groupies himself, you know, um, back in London, you know. Um, but anyway, let's have Sexy Sadie, because this one's about Maharishi Yogi. And we almost need a song for Sudguru. We already had that song, didn't we? Let's have um another one by John Lennon uh, instead. And it, I think this one is The Message that Sudguru is putting across, actually, uh, because when well, he said all we need is our humanity, you know, let your morality go and, uh, and be guided by your humanity. Look, I think he's saying all you need is love. Beatles, they were only, They were only in their 20, early 20s. early twenties. would. They've been about twenty-four. You know, uh, it's a great time of life. Yeah, you know. um, had a lot of money too. You know, they they pulled in by the look of it. Maybe the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra to play along with them in that. <laughs> uh, but you know, all you need is love. You know, and I think that's what Sudguru sort of is saying. Okay. So, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I disagree, but I like it. Same goes for humanity. Have you ever met someone whose idea of humanity is wildly different from yours? Yeah. Um, and And... Have you ever thought to yourself, in such a case, if we allowed this person to act out his or her ideas of humanity, you know, which are closely related to love? Humanity, love, you know, what these words mean are whatever you want them to mean, really. You know, there's no universal um, concept and idea of love, anyway, nor is there any universal concept or idea of humanity. They're closely linked in that way. Um, However, um, have you ever had someone who has an idea of humanity that makes you want to scream, you know, and you say to yourself, thank God we have laws in this land, and moralities too, um, to curb this person's actions, you know, to stop them from acting out on their ideas of love and humanity. Have you ever met someone like that, you know? This episode is not about me telling you what to think or how to think, you know? Um, That's not my style, if you've been listening to all my episodes. This episode exists only to disrupt the ideas of someone who does tell you what to think and how to think, uh, I only want to disrupt that guy, you know. Um, and his name is uh, Sud Guru, apparently. Sorry, Charlie, but are you saying that you want to disrupt? the suggestions and recommendations and advice of a genuine guru from India who has spent a lifetime in deep reflection about what humanity is and what love is, presumably, and uh, what everything else Vedic is. And you, Charlie, you know, some bloke from Melbourne in his backyard right now, and there's a black cat right in front of me. Oh my goodness! He's sitting on top of a shed roof next door, uh, staring at me balefully. That is a fantastic looking cat. Uh, um, now I'm um, a black cat. Ah, see, that's a sign. You know, I'm evil. Uh, wishing, wanting to disrupt a guru. I am being bad. You know, I should let him say what he wants to say and so should everyone without questioning him. It is a bad thing because if a guru and a, proper, a properly qualified one Um, steeped in Vedic tradition and all of that sort of stuff, and wise to the world as well, I hear. Uh, You know, the globalised world even. Um, If he uh, is disruptible, um, if he uh, is not immune uh, to being brought down, On a question of, you know, whether he is qualified to um, reach into his humanity and give good advice. Um, Then, what hope the world. And yet he's advising, and this is what he is advising in an audio clip coming up much later in this episode. He's advising that we should all reach into our humanity. And we're all faulty compared to him. He's about the best there is. Uh, We should all reach into our, our humanity unfold our humanity and then reach into it and act accordingly. You know, that's what he's saying. And yet, here's me in this episode about to disrupt his ideas of humanity. And if I think he can't get it right, and I'm not even trained, as anything to do with any of this. You know, I'm not even Indian. Uh, If... I think that he is uh, ripe for the bringing down on a question of humanity. Uh, What hope the rest of the world, I would not advise the rest of the world to do the same because we've got everything in this world. From Donald Trump through to Adolf Hitler, through to Mother Teresa for goodness sake. That woman was that woman was a psychopath, you know. Oh, look, she was a good person. She reached into her humanity. She reached into her humanity and she helped poor people all her life. You know, she had the power uh, to uh, make some changes to their lives via world powers and chose never to do that. Uh, There's been... Um, people who have followed her very closely. Um, she was on first name basis with every world leader, perhaps. Yeah, or, uh, you know, practically. Uh, yeah, from the Pope to Presidents, yeah, to, to um, the, uh, Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, she was Diana. She was good friends with Princess Diana, you know. Um, and all she did was try and Raise money for the poor people that she was caring for. Yeah. Um, she never advocated altering the world economic order to lift the, these people, uh, her, her poor people, out of poverty. Check it out yourself, you know, but there was a guy that couldn't stand her and he obsessively. Uh, was on to her for years and years. He followed her and listened to every word he, she said, and uh, he haunted her and hunted her down on her humanity. Uh, but here's what I'm saying. If, uh, if Mother Teresa didn't get there, and this guru isn't getting there according to Charlie anyway, uh, would you really advise... Everyone else in the world uh, to act out on their ideas of humanity and love, their versions of humanity and love? Would you really expect everyone else in the world to be able to unfold his and her uh, humanity and then act out on that humanity and create a good result? Would you give that advice? Or would you say, no, 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 I don't trust these bastards. You know, (laughs) I don't trust these bastards. I don't even trust Mother Teresa, you know, let alone Hitler. No way, you know. Uh, I am going to develop, you know, uh, ideas of morality to modify what people might
2: otherwise
0: do instinctively reaching into their hearts and souls as to, you know, what actions they think they should take. I think I would impose moralities. I am also fairly sure I'd go a step further and impose laws of behaviour. I would not ever uh, recommend that humans put away ideas of morality and laws. In favour of a whole holistic focus, a whole focus on you know, reaching into their hearts, finding love there, and acting out according to that. No way. You know, that's not now. I'm just saying, you know, what I would do. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not telling you how to think. I'm just saying what I think. You can think what you like. And you can uh, you can follow the advice of Sutguru if you want, but my God, you know, if you do, I might have to give you a wide berth because I think you might end up a little bit dangerous. <laughs> Uh, Just before I hit you with the Guru, uh, just a quick history lesson. Do you know there was a time in history when people did uh, love each other? Um, When we did display virtues of humanity. uh, uh, Unfortunately, we forsook all of that. We threw it away, you know. We once did love each other. um, We threw that all away and uh, switched to ideas of morality instead and laws, you know. Um, I'm just trying to think when that was, you know, when people were nice to each other, you know, when people did operate from an instinct of humanity, you know. Uh, I think uh, it was in Europe. No, it wasn't in Europe. I know that because we've always been pretty vicious. Africa, 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 no. Um, Actually, the whole human race has been pretty vicious back to chimpanzee times. So I'm just trying to remember where and when that was, you know, when we all operated from humanity before we forsook all that and went to morality. Um, I actually think it was in India. India was where they got it right um, when people were um, were operating out of an instinct of humanity uh, and uh, oh yes I remember it was during the Vedic era when they developed the caste system yeah, and, uh, and, and they decided that it would be the right thing by humanity if a whole section of people uh, who had darker skin coincidentally, if they would clean the toilets um, muck out the latrines um, whilst the Brahmins for example would um, set all the uh, oh my god the laws oh I'm getting confused now Uh, you get where I'm going I'm being horribly sarcastic there <laughs> look let's have the guru instead he's a lot nicer than me um but you know he does say that you know um we live in a world of morality in, in which we have forsaken our humanity we've put that our humanity aside and we need to get back to our humanity oh i know who the nice guys were it was the semites that's right uh they had uh, the garden of eden you know, when we were all perfect once uh, and then uh, we averted our eyes from the sight of God or from a vision of God and uh, ate an apple, you know. Uh, so it was the Garden of Eden when we were all good and, and then we had to turn to morality to try and keep ourselves in order. You know? Look, there must have been a time in history when we were all good. You know, because that's the uh, that's the trope you know, that's put about. You know that we started off good and we've fallen by the wayside, and we need to get back to good. You know, so once upon a time we were good. Uh, back when we were great apes, perhaps we were good. Uh, you know, like chimpanzees in a chimpanzee clan are good. They care for each other. You know, they don't rip each other to shreds. Over local politics, you know, uh, they don't have um, they don't have laws governing their behaviour, do they? On to the guru. I think he might be a Brahmin, is he? Sit
1: morality. Morality has become an important thing in the society because people have forsaken their humanity. If your humanity was alive and active, you would not need any morality. People have put their humanity to sleep and trying to behave like human beings with morality and it's not working because everybody will come up with his own morality and your kind of morality and another person's kind of morality is at war all the time. What is right and wrong, if you open this debate, you will end up with a fight, even within your family, believe me? Yes or no? No? If you start a debate as to what is right and what is wrong, whether it's in your… in the world or in your neighborhood or within the family, fight is inevitable because No two people can agree on what is right and wrong, and it's never been settled ever because no such thing exists.
0: I must be missing something. Yeah, I shouldn't be interrupting him like this. It's an unfair advantage I've got because I've got my finger on the edit button. Uh, But yeah, it's not necessarily a problem if uh, everybody has a different idea of what's right and wrong, you know, we can manage that, you know. We know that, you know. Everyone's got a different idea of what humanity constitutes too. We don't throw out humanity. You know, he, th- he honestly seems to think that we've got a consistent and agreed idea of our humanity, you know. Um, and, and that's fraught as well. Everything's fraught. You just have to manage it, you know. And everybody um, having... You know, as he said, everybody, you know, everybody having a different idea of what's right and wrong, um, inevitably that leads to fights. Well, you know, the fights to which he is referring to in a country like Australia, for example, are had in Parliament. And we sort out what's right and wrong there, and we as a population all agree to abide by what our representatives Agree to, in terms of what's right and wrong, you know, in broad terms, you know if they get it too far wrong we, we um we protest, we revolt if you know, if they get wildly wrong, we'll have a revolution, but the point is you know you people are having different ideas of what's right and wrong, you know. This is why we invented systems, institutions like republics and constitutional monarchies and all this sort of thing, you know, and representative government and all that sort of Westminster systems. You know, we invented all this stuff to um, ameliorate, if you like, you know, the the problem. We know that problem exists, you know, that everyone's got a different idea of what's right or wrong, you know, or, you know, everyone's on a spectrum, you know, on every single issue. We know that, you know, so... Um, we all vote in representatives, you know, and they argue for us, you know, and individuals within the society obviously disagree, you know, um, capital punishment's an obvious one, you know, m- you know. Most Australians, as far as I know, think we should have uh, capital punishment, but, you know, we we vote in a representative government who, you know, in their wisdom, and we allow them to have a certain amount of wisdom, you know, that's why we call them leaders, you know, so it doesn't matter what we plebs think is right or wrong in the main, you know, as long as it's kept reasonable, um, we, we seed, you know, our opinions on what is right or wrong, yes, of course, people argue about it on social media, but we all ignore that, you know, um, and, and, uh, um, you know, that's just noise on social media. And we who are not on social media don't even hear that noise. But even if I was on social media, I'd ignore it. It's not, it doesn't make a material difference, you know, to my existence. You know, people arguing about what's right or wrong. Um, it doesn't really matter what people argue about on social media um, in general. Um, the decision-making as to what we will all accept as right or wrong, whether we agree with it or not, is argued out. You know, for example, in Parliament, you know, and in the judiciary too, you know, we actually um, agree, yeah, to have to appoint judges to be wise on all our behalfs. It is not necessarily an issue, you know, if. I've, everybody has a different idea of what's right or wrong, you know, He's inevitably, that's going to end up in chaos, is what he's saying, yes, it would, if we had no institutions, you know, if it was just a free-for-all, if it was anarchy, he seems to be describing a problem that would arise in an, in an anarchic state, you know, um, now, um, you know, within a nation state, you know, we, we manage that quite well, in Australia, for example, um, obviously, we have our problems, but you know problems if you have problems, it doesn't mean you throw the whole thing out. you manage it as best you can. You know what you do, you muddle on through you know you don't say throw out morality and this is my opinion you know you don't throw you don't say throw out morality, throw out laws, reach into your humanity, you know um you keep everything and you muddle your way through and manage it the best you can is what I'm saying. Yeah this black and white business of morality's bad and, you know, humanity's good. Humanity's not good. Humanity's got just as many problems as morality's got, you know. We are an imperfect species. We are divided, you know, amongst ourselves. You know, we we are fundamentally divided. You know, the ancient Greeks used to say, you know, man is divided against himself. We know that. Is this Sudguru saying that's fixable somehow? No, it's not fixable, you know. Um, you can't fix it, you know. You can't, uh, um, the world can't be fixed by uh, ask, asking everyone to love each other, it's not going to happen. That's not the nature of man. Some other species, maybe, you know, 40,000 years from now, might be able to do that. We can't stop saying that, you know, we should, you know, look as much as you can, you should, you know. So, it's not a bad thing that he's appealing to humanity, it's good you know, but it's not a fix-all, you yeah. um, look, maybe he's, um, reaching for an ideal that he, even he knows, uh, has never been reached before and never will be, and can't be, um, not, uh, look, uh, so much, not so much with a view of ever achieving that, but just making us a little bit nicer, you know, not perfectly nice, but nicer, maybe he's doing that, look, no, I'm giving him too much credit, you know. I can only go on what his words are, and his words, um, yeah, he may uh, make no logical sense, you know. Okay, you know, we need morality uh, to, we need laws. Um, you know, where humanity fails, you
2: know?
0: and uh, where laws, lo- where laws fail, um, where morality fails, we need humanity. You know, these things all need to operate together. But, um, yes. Uh, and and you know what? The, the way he accuses morality uh, of being divisive, you yeah? know? I can't see why humanity isn't either. Yeah? Morality is divisive. Yeah, of course it is, you know? Yeah? Jews and uh, Arabs tend to disagree over in the Middle East. All right, morality can be divisive, right? But so can their ideas of humanity... Um, yeah, humanity is not going to fix the problems in the Middle East, you know, because, you know, for example, the Jews will think it's um, it's um, a sign of um, deep humanity that they should have their own state, Israel, and the Palestinians w- would say, no, that's, you know, it's a sign of deep humanity that they should get out because that's our place, you know. It, humanity doesn't work either, you know. They should all share. No, they've got incompatible kind of cultures. It doesn't work. Anyway, let's get back to him. Look, I interrupted him, I know, and that's bad. But let's get back to him. But, you know, I could interrupt him at every turn. You know, every second line that he speaks, I'm sure I could interrupt him and have an eight-minute-and-three-second um, tirade. Yeah, uh, Against what he's saying, and saying, and, and pointing out all in the floor, all the pointing out all the flaws in his logic, um, you know. Look, maybe he, maybe he's he's getting at something that he's not actually saying. You know, I can. Uh, that's possible, but I think it's easier just to say what you think rather than um, say stuff that doesn't make sense hinting at something else that you're not saying. That's the only way I can make sense of some of his broad, sweeping generalizations. He's the king of generalizations.
1: You ever listen to him? Instead of trying to be right, why don't people try to be sensible? We need some sense in the planet. These righteous people are always a trouble. Once you have a strong set of morals, you will see nobody in the world is all right. If nobody in the world is okay, you have a psychological problem. The first sign of psychological imbalance is you start thinking nobody is okay. So morality is just that, it's a first step towards insanity. You just have to stretch it. If you stretch it, you will go there. Maybe you won't stretch it that far, you're willing to bend it, so you manage. These are substitutes for humanity. Why is it? Our education systems, our social mechanisms, we are not doing enough to stir up humanity in a human being. We are trying to fix it with morality and it's never worked. All we will do is divide people into different kind of moral sects and they will always fight because nobody can fit into your morality because even you don't fit in actually unless you are smart enough to subvert it secretly. (laughs) Do you understand? (laughs) Otherwise it doesn't work because morality will not just stick to your profession, it will enter every aspect of your life. Once you start thinking what is the right thing to do in my profession, you will also think what is the right thing to do on all levels of life, isn't it? Once you start thinking this is the right thing and somebody else thinks that is the right thing, there is going to be a conflict and a constant conflict. If you stir up the humanity within you, you will do the most sensible thing that's needed for that moment and that's all that matters, that your actions are in context with the realities in which you you exist. And the context is always changing. If you don't change according to that, once people who are moralistic are always looking archaic for the new generation of people, isn't it? They wonder, why this these guys still alive? <laughs> yes, if you're very moralistic, even your children will wonder, why are you still alive? Because you look like you're from somewhere else. So what is the most sensible thing to do? What brings well-being to you and everybody around you? This is all one needs to look at constantly. Is there some way to fix it? There is no way to fix it. We have to be alive to it. We have to be alive to it every moment and as the context changes, what we do has to change. Morality and mortality are not very different.
0: Um, and and the wisdom to know when to use each and how much of each to use along with how much plain, cold, hard logic to use you know, and when to fall back on religion if you think you need to and all that sort of stuff, you know. I'm starting... Oh, that, that dog, you yeah. know my father-in-law is going to shoot that dog one day. (laughs) Uh, Now, um, that would be inhumane, wouldn't it? Um, Is he a bad person? Oh, I won't go down that rabbit hole. Now, um, but that dog is annoying, and the guy next door, he's got a right to have that dog. (laughs) Well, you know, my father-in-law's got a right uh, to sleep. Uh, Now, See, this is the problem, you know, on a humanity level, you know, it's, uh, what's the right thing, you know, is the word right even right, you know, Uh, how do do those two blokes who don't like each other uh, reach into their respective humanities, you know, Uh, put it this way. Uh, the bloke next door to my father-in-law built a white picket fence. He came around, uh, a white picket fence in between their two properties. And he came around and said, oh, could I, you know, want to build a fence. um And he said, uh, the old fence is getting a bit old, you know. And my father-in-law said, yeah, no worries. Yeah, you can build a fence. I'm looking at it right now. And, um and, uh, we have a standard kind of fence in Australia, and my father-in-law has lived there for fifty years, and uh, and he was expecting a normal regulation fence.
2: Um,
0: the bloke next door built a white picket fence that matches the rest of his fencing around his property, uh, which is, you know, I think is more attractive than the regulation fence that. Um, that our councils recommend, but my father in law was had he got his nose out of joint uh because um it, it it's it's clear that the next door neighbor uh, uh deliberately uh, didn't uh, let him know about that you know that he was planning to do that you know um, and um and so my You know, we had a a summit on Christmas Day and uh, one of my wife's cousins, who's a lawyer, said, just back your car into it, you know, Uh, and then we'll take it from there, you know, Um, and so on and so forth, you know what I mean? Um, So we had all sorts of solutions we were playing around with, but the solution we ended up with is uh, that made of my sister's was called in, and he built a regulation fence. Next, you know, bolted on, as it were, nailed on to his white picket fence, on my father-in-law's side. So now, as I look at it, there's a white—it's two fences joined together, a white picket fence, and a regulation fence, yeah. You know, all the way down, it looks ridiculous. And my father-in-law, he loves it. Yeah? He says, uh, that fence was laughing at me before. Every time I come out now, yeah, I see a fence that isn't laughing at me anymore. <laughs> but I'm laughing now, because this is a pretty funny story. All right, um, so um, what was I talking about? Oh, I'm starting to think that the guru, um, yeah, the guru, uh, uh, isn't suggesting humanity go for it morality stop doing it Um, even though the title of his um, session is called uh, humanity yes you know morality no you know it's it's black and white and and he really did start off black and white um, but just sensed in his very difficult to listen to grammar uh, at the end, that he was saying, we need, you know, we need to get back to more humanity, you know, I think he's saying, you know, if we were sitting on, what, do you, what would you say, he, uh, he's suggesting that we might have, once upon a time, I don't know when that was, I think we've always been pretty horrible to each other, you know, selfish, petty, humans, you know, not nice, ever all the way back to the time when we were great apes grunting we weren't nice then we've never been nice you know but he i think he was saying there must be a time when we were 60% humanity and 40% morality uh, yeah, and that we should you know just get back to that because we've gone 60% morality 40% humanity he might be saying that you know but my god i'd have to listen to him 6 times to try and untangle what the hell he's saying, he expresses himself very badly. He expresses himself in a very sexy way, you know, sexy Sadie style. You know, he's very listenable and he's cheerful and jolly, you know, these gurus, you know. Um, He's a showman. He's a celebrity. uh, But he, he, he expresses himself so badly for anyone trying to actually make sense of him that... I'm going to stick to my guns. Um, Whether or not he was uh, intending to convey an idea that we shouldn't ditch our morality altogether, but we should just get back to, you know, we should lift our humanity by 20% so that we could, to give us a chance to drop our morality by 20%, if he was suggesting that, trying to convey that message... He wasn't saying it, he just wasn't saying it. Uh, Our magpie friends have just landed, one, two, three. There's always three of them. You might be able to hear them. They're here for breakfast. Uh, My parents-in-law, these are their pet magpies. They feed them every morning and uh, if only this was a video. Um, But there they go, three of them in a line. Um, and they're calling out to my mother-in-law. And now one of them's walked up to into the porch, onto the front door, uh, and right up to the door. About now, if I could get close to that, you would see it's just to peck at the door. Uh, you just have to imagine all this, because it's audio only. a guru says if you have moralities that you develop in your profession you will apply that morality to all other aspects of your life you know uh, yeah, i, I maybe i don't know what he means by profession you know there he's He's got a kind of mangled way of using words, Uh, but, uh, you know, in one aspect of your life, maybe that's what he means. If you have uh, a certain set of moralities in one aspect of your life, say in your church, you know, you will apply those moralities everywhere else in your life, no matter what situation you're in, you know. Which is you know, obviously and <laughs> plainly not true in many cases, especially in a country like Australia. You know where we we have separation of church and state, even in our own heads. You know, uh, you know like I can go to church and um, have a set of moralities in there. You know, but you know, I work for the government, and when I'm working for the government, uh, I uh, I leave churching at the church door as I leave. Um, my moralities, as you know, pertain to uh, my moments, my time in church, uh, belong in there, and I have another set of moralities that belong in um, in government. You know, in my activities in government, and uh, you know, God has no place in the public service. Uh, you know, I'm anti-God. Yeah. In the public service, yeah. You know, coming into, I don't want God in the public service. Uh, you know, the, the public service has to be uh, sensitive to atheists and you know, uh, uh, gurus from India and um, even non Christian gods, you know, which might be the same God anyway, um, George Harrison. <laughs> but you know what I'm getting at, you know. Look, the logic. Yeah, the guru's logic is flawed, left, right, and Uh, centre. Don't listen to his logic, Charlie. You're listening with the wrong ears. You're listening with the wrong ears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know, but it's so boring trying to untangle illogical people. You know, I hate. I hate leaving logic at the door. Yes. (sighs) This is all my problem, not the guru's. Yeah. All right, I know that. He said, you've got your morality, this person's got his morality. Um, He almost, he suggested that we've all got a dogmatic morality, that we've got a single set of rules that we each follow, um, and, um, and this can only end in suffering. You know, and conflict, you know. I said, hey, no, no, i got my morality. But, you know, like the Jews, for example, believe they're the chosen ones. That doesn't actually bother me. All right, if you want to believe that, you know. That's your morality, you know. um, That um, Jews come first or whatever. Whatever being the chosen one. You know, I happen to have my morality, which says Catholics come first. But we can coexist. In fact, do you want to come down to the pub and the Jewish guy says, yeah, you know said, isn't it funny how I'm a chosen one and you're a chosen one, but you know, we're different and he says, yeah, it's pretty funny want a beer? Yeah, you
2: know um,
0: so that's that so people can have morality uh, variable people can be flexible with their morality now, he suggested um, that with humanity however, that that's kind of universal um, idea um, and that humanity is good, you know and, but uh, uh, humanity, for me, that includes human rights, doesn't it? The ideas of human rights. And people have got different ideas of human rights. In fact, people have got different ideas of humanity. You know what my idea of humanity is? It's the full spectrum. Everyone from serial killers right through to Mother Teresa, who I don't think is very nice anyway, you know? But, um, you know, the nicest people right through to the most evil people, they're all humanity. I reckon the true face of humanity is um, everything from very good to very evil, with most of us being a bit of a combination of each. Yeah, you know, that's humanity. Look, I know what the dictionary definition of humanity is. Well, no, I don't. I haven't looked it up. But if I did look it up, I bet it means, listen, the word humanity doesn't mean literally what humans do. It means you know, being nice to each other. But even then, um, humanity is not an agreed value. Now Sudguru was suggesting that morality is fraught with disagreement by its very nature and that humanity is a, some kind of agreed upon um, idea. I'm not sure about that. You know, I think different people have got different ideas about what is humane or what is um, good humanity wise. You know? um, so there you go. Uh, so, I don't think it's absolute. You know what? I think, you know, he asked the question humanity or morality. I think this is a classic either or trap that he's fallen into where it has to be humanity or morality. You know, that's what he's suggesting that it has to be humanity or morality. Um, whereas I would say,
2: well, look
0: morality is, good, is important you know, morality has been morality has been sticking around for thousands of years for a very good reason, there's value in it, and, um, and humanity, there's value in that too um, and I think the idea is not to have to choose between the two um, but to know how to uh, incorporate it both in your life, you know. Um, sometimes you'll fall, you'll fall back on morality. You know, you'll use morality as your guiding light. Sometimes more than humanity, and sometimes you'll be using humanity more than morality. Um, but you know, so, sort of Guru, don't force me to choose. I need as many things. Uh, I need as many tools in my toolbox as I can have, and I want both morality and humanity in my toolbox. If you want to just be guided by humanity, you'll fall on your face, Sudguru, you know, because um, there's, you know what, there's even more than humanity and morality that you need in this world. You need cold, hard logic, and I mentioned that to my GT in a text also. Um, so in your toolbox, you you need to be guided by quite a few things, including a bottle. <laughs> They've locked off the whole street. There's something big happening.
2: Reverse. Huh? We're not going to
0: reverse? I want to see. No, that's called rubbernecking. Do you know what rubbernecking is? Look, there's another cop up here. Two more cops. There's a detective up here. It's finished. There's a detective up here too. Do you think they're both in the same case? I think so. Have a look. See, there's a... a, um, there's a car that's dressed up like a police car, but up here, up here, there's one on the left here. That's a detective's car, like Uncle Cameron's car. Have a look at it. See that one there? If those flashy lights weren't going, you would never guess that was a uh, police that car. car. No. This is weird. What car? There's a lot going on here.
3: Wait, what? They blocked off that entire building.
0: Yeah. And, so, a, and another street, was that four that, streets back.
3: Is that someone's house? I don't know. It kind of looks like a school. Yeah.
0: Something exciting is happening in our Scott Vale today. <laughs> All
3: right. I remember when police and helicopters were surrounding our car, I mean our school. Oh, what happened? Um, the, what happened was um, somebody mm-hmm. stole someone's car. Yes. They did not have the driving size.
0: They were driving the car. With no driver's license? license. Yeah, correct. Mm -hmm. Yes.
3: And then they accidentally crashed the car. My goodness. And then um, they knew the police were onto them. Not only because they crashed the car, um, and they didn't have a driver's license. Also, they had stolen the car.
0: Oh, my goodness. What else?
3: And then he tried to hide. He Uh, ran to our school. Right. He He went inside the school. Yes. Um, everyone thinks he was hiding in the toilets, he hid someone, someone in the car in the school. Yes. Um, and all the police knew he was in the school. All no.
2: right.
3: All the teachers were telling their children to like, you know, keep quiet. And, yes. Um, we were all told to lock our classroom doors and hide. Yes. And Well, not hide, but like, you know. Yeah, just stay
0: in your classroom. We'll,
3: well, just not, don't go out in the open. Yeah. Um we all shut our blinds in mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I was in one at the time. Um, we we all shut our um we all shut our blinds. hmm And we locked it all. huh And then there was big um we could see out our other window that was just pointing to the yard. Yes. There was big hel- helicopters surrounding the school and cars. My goodness. I don't think that was his first time robbing.
0: no, that's
3: right. He must be like an own criminal.
0: Yes. Okay. Now you do your thing. I've got to get back to what I was saying, okay? Just give me a second. And turn that off. I mean, make it soft. Do
3: you have any headphones?
0: Yes, I do. Okay. There you go. Okay. What is the
3: Bluetooth
0: name? Uh, I don't think it will be Bluetooth. Yes, it is Bluetooth. Ify. Yeah. Yeah, EP100. And take these.
2: show you